From the Old City, a practical Torah commentary by Gutman Lodge. The Book of Numbers, Sefer Bamidbar. Numbers 19, Hukas. You shall not pass through. In this week's portion of the Torah, the children of Israel moved forward from their encampment at Kadesh, thinking to take a shortcut through the land of Edom on their way to the land of Canaan. Moshe sent out emissaries to ask Edom for permission to pass through their land. Edom refused, saying, You shall not pass through me, lest I come against you with the sword. The children of Israel tried again and explained to Edom that they would only go on the highway and not through their centers and would even pay for the water they might drink. Edom repeated, You shall not pass through. And then they went out against them with a massive thong and a strong hand. So Edom refused to permit Israel to pass through his border, and Israel turned away from near him. What do we learn from this? The children of Israel are all of us, literally and figuratively. The lessons we must learn from the Torah apply to us as a nation and as individuals. The individual lesson can be seen as this. Edom is the nation of Asaph. Asaph is Yaakov's twin brother. Whereas Yaakov represents the good inclination, Asaph represents the evil inclination. Both are within us. We see here that we cannot pass through evil to come to good. Sometimes it seems that we can take a shortcut through shady practices to come to a greater good. The Torah warns that evil will come after us with a sword. We're not allowed to do evil, even if the end result will be good in our eyes. This principle is seen in Jewish law that tells us we cannot do a mitzvah through a sin. For instance, we're not allowed to build a sukkah from stolen lumber. If we did, it would not be a kosher sukkah. Although it might seem wise to steal from the rich to give to the poor, the Torah says no. When we come near something evil, it grows on us, even when we promise not to go too deeply into Edom and just to stay at the edge of it. Don't do it. What seems to be a small sin today is not considered to be a sin at all tomorrow. And what is considered an unthinkable sin today becomes thinkable tomorrow. For example, the Torah warns a judge to not to take a bribe as it will blind him. But isn't he already blind if he is willing to take the bribe? The Torah is telling him that he will pervert justice if he takes the bribe, something he would not have considered doing had he not taken it. Remember, as usual, we can also learn the positive by reversing the negative. Passing through Israel will bring you to good. Just walking four steps in the Holy Land improves your spiritual outlook. Here, too, we are speaking of both the physical land of Israel and the spiritual practices of Israel. The good also grows on you, and what you called too much today, you will find reachable tomorrow. The lesson is, reach in the right direction. On a mountain. In this week's portion of the Torah, Hashem said that Aaron was to be gathered unto his people, that means to die, on Mount Hor. Why did he have to die on a mountain? In fact, why were so many spiritual highlights experienced on mountains? 
Here are just a few of the many times the Torah tells us that something happened on a mountain. Avram built an altar on a mountain. Avram was told to sacrifice Yitzchak on a mountain. By tradition, we learn that this particular mountain was to become the location of the Temple Mount. Tradition also tells us that Yaakov's famous dream of angels going up and down the ladder was on the mountain that was later to become the Temple Mount. Later, when Yaakov made a covenant with Lavan, it was on a mountain. Moshe's experience with the burning bush happened on a mountain. When God first enlisted Moshe, he told them, For I will be with you, and you will serve God on this mountain. The Torah was given on that mountain, Mount Sinai. Moshe also died on a mountain. All of these wondrous things happened on mountains. But when the evil kings fought their battle, it was fought in the valley of Sidon. And the valley had many pits filled with slime. What are we to learn from this? A mountain is a physical metaphor. Its very shape tells us what the Torah is teaching us here. The mountain is high. It is broad at its base and comes to a point at its top. From the top, you can see all around. From the bottom, your vision is limited. The higher the mountain, the grander and broader is the view. A valley is low. Your vision while in a valley is limited to the hills surrounding it. The deeper the valley, the narrower the vision. All of this relates not only to the physical perspective, but also to the spiritual perspective. When the Torah wants to indicate that something is high, it places that scene on a mountain. But what does it mean to be high? Is there a high and low in the spiritual world? There is no high and low in the spiritual world in a physical sense, but there is a higher and lower in the spiritual sense. The physical is the spiritual manifesting itself in a concrete manner. It does this from within the physical. In truth, the physical and spiritual are one entity seen from two perspectives. The external is the lower material perspective or world, and the inner is the spiritual or higher world. The terms higher and lower are being used just to explain this phenomena in a way that we can understand. But really, the physical and spiritual are in the same place at the same time. When the Torah wants us to think more spiritually, it tells us to go up on a mountain. The more spiritual, the higher the mountain. And when the Torah addresses a physical thing, it happens in a physically low place, like a valley. The lesson here is that when we wish to think spiritually, we must move up away from the broad base, that is the entirely multiple perspective, to the narrow, that is singular, top and see that the many are actually a single one. And from there, we will be able to see all around. How is spiritual thinking actually accomplished? One exercise is to look at the place in front of you and try to understand its nature. What do you see there? If you say the furniture in the room, then you must look deeper and see that these are merely things that are in the place. If you say the walls and floor... They, too, are not the place itself, but merely things that are in the place. What about the concrete that makes up the walls? This is in the place where the walls stand. Whatever detail you can imagine in your investigation will just be another object that is in the place and not the place itself. This will be true 
until you begin to see that the place is not only where everything stands, but it also fills and surrounds everything. Know that in order to surround all, it has to be right here, and it also has to be everywhere. This is thinking spiritually. Keep searching for the place that is both endless and right where you are standing. Soon you will see why one of God's names is Hamakom, the place. Then you will have moved your thinking from the broad base of multiplicity up to the singular peak, the spiritual one. There is one dot com.